This is War Stories, a cybersecurity podcast where we extract the best stories from the field of penetration testing. Your host is Zach Davis, experienced cyber and physical security tester. War Stories is brought to you by Cyber Coffee, engineered and roasted to keep you hacking the planet all day and night. Give it a try at drinkcybercoffee.com and use promo code WAR10 to save 10%. Enjoy the show. All right. Uh, welcome to episode two of War Stories, uh, the podcast powered by 7X and Cyber Coffee. Today, we got our very own Steven Bondarich here. And uh, I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but for those of you that didn't uh, see that episode, uh, War Stories is a podcast where we're going to ask a security professional the same three questions each week. Those questions are, who are you? You know, what do you do? What are you about? How'd you get into information security? The second question, uh, what's your favorite tool and why? Uh, starting off at the beginning of this with mostly pen testers and, and red teamers, but, you know, we'll, we'll give the blue team guys a chance eventually. Uh, and then the last question is, you know, what's your favorite war story from your career? Everybody's got, everybody's been in offensive security, usually has some good stories. People love to hear them. We want to get those out there. And just a reminder, uh, no client names, no locations, you know, let's protect the anonymity of our, our clients, but still talk about some of the cool stuff we can do. So, uh, Steven. You're a member of the 7X team, one of the junior guys. Why don't you uh, tell everybody uh, how you got here? Sure, Zach. Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. I'm really stoked to be out here today. Uh, it only took two it. episodes for me to make it onto the show. Yeah, that's best a, for second. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. Uh, so I'm Stephen Bondrich. I'm a penetration tester here at 7X. I try to find and exploit vulnerabilities in the security postures of computers, networks, buildings, and people. Been at this for a couple of years now, but my first foray into the world of information security actually came uh, through our CEO and co-founder Matt Barnett. Okay, I know I, you're at BTB, but I don't know you're in uh, you're in Matt's history. So yeah, yeah, one of the many uh, legacy members of his history for sure. Um, and where that really came from was back when I was just a plucky young student at Penn State University. Um, there was a career fair that I was attending. And long story short, um, I saw Matt when the career fair was just kicking off for the day. And at that point, it was seven in the morning. And half the people that walked through that door were grouchy, didn't want to be there, still half asleep. And Matt was kind of this like pleasant, sunny person to interact with. He and does get so, up so god awfully early. I don't know how he does it, but. Yeah, it's a talent I wish I had. Me too. Um, but you know, I repaid him for all his hospitality and welcomingness by speaking to him as a warm-up for the recruiters that I actually wanted to talk to. <laughs> mind, mind you, at this time, I was uh, an information science major with a minor in security and risk analysis. Was it information science? Like, I, my degree was information systems. It's basically like they just took all the hard coding and math out of a computer science degree and left the systems part. Is that... Somewhat similar. Couldn't have said it better myself. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That's what that it was. math and stuff. It's for people smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but I had this sort of like tangential interest in information security. Thought it might be something I want to get into one day. And you know, I'm talking to Matt. He's telling me about this company he works at, the type of work that he does. This wasn't Seven X at the time. It was a former company. And something about it just really resonated with me, and it stuck with me. And end of the day, I'm going thinking back about my experience at career fair, reaching out to people. And uh, I pull out his card and I, I just was like, yeah, I, I got to send this guy an email. I got to see where this goes. And one thing leads to another. 
then I ended up with my first internship with him and his team at that company. Okay. So then BTB internship, um, former employee internship. Mm -hmm. At that point, I later accepted a full-time offer at that company. I worked there for over a year. I decided then to return to Penn State for a one-year master's in management and organizational leadership. Okay. Why do I get a master's? I do have a master's. Good stuff. So hopefully we <laughs> get a bit more respect around here now. We'll see. <laughs> um, and when I had come out of that master's, you know, I had realized by that point that even though I could go into a more broad spectrum of business careers, I still wanted to be in security. I still wanted to be in pen testing. It's kind of addicting. It is. And yeah. I reached out to Matt because I knew about 7X and the company, I think, was about a year and a half, maybe two years old at that point. And I was interested in what they were doing and how things were going there. And one thing led to another. I ended up getting an offer and uh, I've been here ever since. So question number two, what is your favorite tool and why? All right. I got a tool for you right here. And I know you're going to like this because it's one that you've never heard of. Okay. You've never heard of it because it doesn't formally have a name. So I gave it one myself. <laughs> All right. What do we got? I call it the Monas. It's the Monas? Monas. It's an abbreviation for magnet on a string. Magnet on a string. Okay. So we're talking physical security. We are talking physical security here. Okay. It is not much more eloquent than what it sounds like. Quite literally, it's a, a custom-fashioned piece of wire that hangs from a round washer that also functions as a strong magnet. And it's one of my favorite physical penetration testing tools. The application for it is that when you want to get into a door that is locked or requires some sort of authentication, uh, be it a, a badge or um, a key code to get in, and you don't have the maybe the time or the means to compromise those credentials, what you can do is mount this magnet on a string. And again, you have this little circular magnet and maybe an inch of wire hanging below it. So it's very small, it's indiscreet or discreet. Something that would fit in the palm of your hand pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And what you do is when you find a door of interest, you pop the magnet onto the top of the door frame, which in many cases in, in corporate buildings is made of metal, and it will sit there. And you find a stakeout point nearby, somewhere not suspicious, somewhere no one's going to call you out, where you can wait. And when a person walks through that door, an, uh, an authorized user to get into that door, they're going to open the door and the door is going to swing open and push past and through that little string that's dangling down there. With the washer on the end. Correct. And now when the door shuts, that little wire is going to catch between the door and the door frame. And the door's not going to shut all the way. It's going to shut almost all the way, but the person walking through is going to think that nothing out of the ordinary happened. But you, as the attacker or penetration tester in this scenario, when you see that happen, you can follow them up. You can go reopen the door because it never fully closed, collect your, your washer, magnet. your monas, and be on your way. I honestly, this is the first time I've, I've never heard of this. So you guys have actually used this on a, on a test? Yes, we have. Oh, and, wow. That's and a I, great idea. I, I've never heard of it. That's really cool. It What's... What's appealing to it, appealing about it to me is that it 
it speaks to this sort of like hunter and prey dynamic that you have going on where you are setting a trap essentially. Sure. And you are just waiting in the shadows for somebody to go and trigger that trap. Because once they open the door, they're going to walk through. You give them maybe 10 or 15 seconds to proceed down whatever hallway is on the other side of that door. And then you come and you collect it and you just walk through like nothing happened. Wow. That's re- great and pretty elegant. Yeah, I love the, the hunter-hunty um, analogy. You know, one thing I always explain to, to people when I'm talking about internal pen testing is you're, you're not really trying to hack into anything. You're really just trying to hunt down the sysadmins. It's like internal pen tests are hunting sysadmins. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the same thing where you're hunting an employee, basically. You're setting a trap for one. It's a little different goal, but, you know, you're still kind of well, we seems like more often than not, we're leveraging the employees of an organization against the organization in order to get in. And that's, I think, something that gets lost a lot in people who aren't in the security space is they don't realize how heavy the social engineering factor is, how heavily you're relying on abusing a business process. Like nobody hacks a firewall anymore unless you're a nation state or something like that. It's always it's always going to be somebody trying to trick an employee or take advantage of weird situation like that. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And it's cool. uncomfortable. Right. You think about it. You're an employee. It's uncomfortable to think that there are attackers who are coming after you in order to get to the goods at the company itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many problems could be solved with physical security if people just paid attention when they're walking through a door. It's so easy to like, you know, make those mistakes. Like even at my own front door at my house, I, I was in the office for like 12 hours over the weekend one day, actually helping, you know, working on this stuff. And I got home and realized my door had been unlock the whole day and it's like oh, i forgot to you know flip that at some point usually i check it whenever i leave but for whatever reason i didn't that day so you know just staying vigilant on checking doors making sure you know when you're walking out is it closing is it clicking shut those things go such a long way well uh not sure if that will lead into our last question or not i don't know if you have a physical uh physical story or not i usually don't or i'm least for these first couple episodes i'm trying to go into them uh, blind so i don't know what's what story steven's about to tell me but uh What's your, uh, so what's your war story you brought for us today? Sure. Well, since we spent so much time talking about this Mona's device, I, I think it's only fitting that I tell a story that relied on it. Sure. So this story, I'm, again, I'm reaching way back into that internship, and I believe this was my first, first or second physical that I ever did. Uh, I went on it, partnered with Matt Barnett and a fellow intern at the time, and we were targeting a bank. Not a bank that was doing business and interfacing with customers, but more of an admin office for the bank. Yeah, so you're going to, yeah, you're going against a corporate office for a financial institution, we'll say. Right. We're not trying to steal the money out of the vault. We're trying yeah. to get into the computer systems that govern every vault for every branch yeah. of this bank. Back office. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's where the, the real value is at. Sure. So we were tasked to get into this office and make our way into the server room as is often a very common objective in physical penetration tests. Getting into the building, it's relatively simple. We just tailgated in uh, to a stairwell area that was RFID badge access guarded. Okay, are we talking during the day or are we talking at night? I know Matt likes going at night a lot of times, but. Yeah, this one was during the day. Okay. During business hours, we were, uh, we had done some reconnaissance, so we, we knew ahead of time that everybody was wearing kind of like your standard business casual. So we looked the part. Uh, we just said, hey, ho- hold that door uh, as we walked in. And obviously, you, you can't let three people in at once. So one operator got in, and then they hung out in the stairwell for a few minutes, let the other two in. Got it. 
now we're in this stairwell. Well, the stairwell also requires RFID access to get into any of the doors that lead into the three levels of this building. So this is at the point now where there's three of us standing in a stairwell with nothing to do and nowhere to go. So, so you can go up and down the stairwell, but all the floors that you actually need to get into, that's another RFID badge. So you're, I'm sure you could get out on the ground floor to go out to the, the street or the lobby or whatever, but you need to make it through one more door in order to get into the actual office. Correct. And probably three of you standing outside on the landing waiting for someone to come out is a little bit wonky. So what do you do? Exactly. In that situation, you don't want to stand in any one place for too long, right? So we're constantly shifting our positions um, in transit up and down stairs. And it was on the second floor that we set Amona's over the door into that part of the office area. And one psychological trick that we like to use is that when you are waiting for somebody to exit a door, as is the case when you have the Mona's baited up on a certain door, there is a, a fun bit of uh, human psychology at play there. And uh, I, I cite the famous physical penetration tester, Freaky Clown, for this one because it was from him that I learned this. If you are descending from a higher level as you approach this door as a person is walking out, they are more likely to defer to your authority than if you are coming up the stairs and try to slip in a door uh, after them. So wow. We, I never thought about that, but I mean, it makes perfect sense too, because I mean, usually the C-suites or, you know, the larger conference rooms, they're always putting that stuff as, as high as they can in the building. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very so interesting. you get to feign some authority just by walking down the stairs instead of walking up. So we're walking down the stairs. This person walks out the door, the Mona's works just as expected. Uh, and after we see them go out the, the exit door below us, we sweep right in, we, we collect our little device and it spits us out and uh, we're through the door. All Great. three of you? All three of us. Okay. Great. But now we're in an open office space. With, and I'm presuming this is, well, this is definitely pre-COVID. Yes, this is full of employees. Pre-COVID, full of employees some of whom surely can't find enough to do. Three tall, lanky, <laughs> out of place people just came through the Devilishly handsome, just walked yeah, exactly. into their office, yeah. uh, unfamiliar faces. So we take refuge in the break room for a little bit to kind of collect our bearings and, and figure out a game plan from there. Get a cup of coffee. Get a cup of coffee as well. Yeah. There was, uh, they were serving banana bread that day. So we helped ourselves. Tell me you had a piece of banana, banana bread. bread. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, let no opportunity to get one taken. In this break room, we found a fire escape map, which is useful for a physical penetration tester because it will reveal the floor layout of the entire floor that you're on, as well as where the exit points are um, and of the, any other like relevant areas of interest. So uh, looking at this map is how we figured out that their server room was there on the second floor. But had we just been walking around the office space looking for it, we would have never found it. Sure. Why? The server room could only be accessed by first going through the janitor's closet. <laughs> so okay. the three of us waited for sort of a lull in the hallway where the janitor's closet was. And then we, we bolted out of the break room. And then one after the other, we just kind of piled all into this janitor's closet. 
I would assume that's another locked door, though, at that point. So you're yeah. in the closet, and then there's a locked door to the server room. We are, we are in this closet. There are three of us in a closet that could accommodate maybe four people maximum. I mean, we were like sardines in there. And uh, like I said, locked door to the server room. That's the only thing standing between us. And yeah, we, we look at the door. We assess it for vulnerabilities. There's really nothing there. It's got very tight tolerances at all sides, so we can't slip a tool above, below. We cannot manipulate uh, the latch bolt. So we're there, and we're relying on Matt, who is feverishly trying to pick this lock. Okay. Right. He's got his tools out. He's he's squatted down, and you know the two of us are just kind of like standing there, like wow, like I hope nobody walks in on us and sees. Yeah. Just they're gonna crap ask questions. Your pants, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's mind not you, be good. <laughs> <laughs> mind you, I'm I'm still a, an intern. This is my first time doing a physical, so I'm out there. Just this like, is your first one on top. Oh, I missed that. This is your first physical ever. I, yeah, I believe that was the very first time. Yeah. So the okay. adrenaline's pumping. I can only imagine. It's as high as the temperature, um, and eventually that we realized the lock picking was just gonna be a dead end. Well. There was a drop. I, think I know ceiling. where this is going. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> there was a there was a drop ceiling uh, on top of this uh, janitor's closet, and along the one wall was a shelf. Again, this shelf is literally like the width of maybe like two people standing hip to hip at most, but it was a shelf, kind of like a bookshelf, that went up to the ceiling. So, w- with the help of Matt and the other intern, I scaled up the shelf. Popped. They boosted you, the tall guy? Yeah. Okay. And they needed all the extra height for a lookout that they could get. Uh, we pop a ceiling tile, and I take a look around, and what do we find? The ceiling doesn't go all the way up from the drop ceiling to the floor above. It stops. So there's this maybe like eight-foot gap between where the drop ceiling ends and the floor begins. Oh, and wow. So no it was wall. a high ceiling, but they just put in this artificial drop ceiling to make it probably like a regular size. Exactly. Okay. And I'm looking over top of the drywall into the server room, and I can see everything. And I can also see the door on the other side. It's like almost right below me, just a few inches to the, to the left. So, you know... So not, did you go all the way over or did you try and pull the handle? Not, yeah, that's the thing. Not wanting to go in over the wall and fall into the server room and then being locked in there with a broken leg. <laughs> uh, we tried to figure out some other things we could do, get creative with it. And, uh, you know, in that janitor's closet, there's a big old mop. So I say, hand up that mop to me. And then they, they hoist up the mop. And what I'm doing is I'm lifting the mop, bringing it over to the other side of the wall, and I'm trying to use the big, heavy strings at the end of the mop and hopefully hook bunch the them. handle or something? Not hook them because I didn't, it was not long enough that it could get underneath. Oh, okay. It was just long enough that I could put it on top. So you're trying to get some weight on it. I'm trying to drop all the weight of those big, shaggy mop uh, fringes onto the door handle. Just all the dirty. And below, Matt's... Making their bacteria all over their handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to be the guy uh, coming out of the server room after that. That's nah, okay. But, you know, Matt's down there still at the door and you know he's looking to push the door at the exact moment that i'm depressing the handle using the mop and after a few tries of of trying to get every, all the weight on at the exact right moment and getting the push in at the right time uh, we eventually get that door open we get the door open i, I climb down out of the ceiling and uh, we go in there we collect our, our photographs our evidence um, our documentation of how we did it which let me tell you this was a fun report to write that Quite a few things on the list there. Yeah. And, um, you know, at that point, we, we packed our stuff up and 
we walked out. We were not questioned the entire time. Nobody caught us the entire time. And uh, it was a very memorable first step into the world of physical penetration testing. Oh, man, that, that's always, like, the best feeling. Like, one thing to get in, and you're in, but then when you make it through the whole assessment, hit your goals, and then you walk out and hit the parking lot. That's always a great feeling as well. And I'm sure that was a doozy of the report. And knowing Matt, you were definitely the one to write it. <laughs> yes, as I recall, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much our three questions. Anything else you want to leave us with before we uh, put this one to bed, Stephen? Just real quick, because I know we're coming up on time with this one. But you know, like you mentioned earlier, how do you defend against a lot of this stuff, right? And there's a lot greater of a role that regular employees have than they realize in stopping social engineering attacks and physical uh, physical attacks on a facility. And I think that's something that can get overlooked in a lot of security awareness trainings. And that's something that I vouch for uh, is that we're not just training users on how to detect uh, a phishing email or teaching them, you know, acceptable use policies for their devices, but just instilling in them this sense of you are part of a larger organization and that organization is going to be targeted by attackers. Therefore, you will be targeted and you should take some responsibility yeah. to try to have some situational awareness with these things. See something, say something goes such a long way. And I think that's one of the goals or what we're trying to do with this this podcast. I mean, everybody loves the stories, but, you know, I think you can only tell them to so many people or this way we can get the stories out there. And, and I think if employees hear the way that, you know, pen test, we've been doing that. I've been doing this for over 10 years. It's the, the same exact techniques we were using back in 2013 are still valid in 2023 and 2024. And I think employee awareness, you know, whether it's phishing, vishing, you know, the physical social engineering, whatever it is, uh, you know, diligent employees are, are the best, uh, are definitely the best um, protection. So cool. Well, thanks for being here, Steven. Everybody watching, thanks again for uh, tuning into another episode. We've got plenty more coming uh, down the pike for you, and uh, we'll see you at the next one. Thanks.